Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Nikki, and it's Ian. Starting with the White House Cocaine Party. Oh, I didn't hear about this. That sounds fun. They've been partying down at the uh, White House, apparently. Um, Some Secret Service guys found, and I put that in quotations because it's like, to me, it seems like it's a, a thing that they just wanted to happen or something. Like, they found cocaine in the White House. I mean, I would not. That wouldn't surprise me at all. No, it doesn't surprise me either. The I fact d- that it, you know, got out there, you know, that it's in the media, that does surprise me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They could have just found it, figured it out in-house, and not reported on it at all. So it seems like some kind of, I don't know, maybe a distraction. That's usually the thing people like to say whenever there's like kind of a nothing burger in the news. Like, what is this distracting us from? I mean, I always think that whenever there's something that people are obsessing about in the media, just won't ever, it's on every single news outlet and you're seeing it all over Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all of the other mainstream social media sites, you have to think like, mm, is this somewhat like artificially fabricated or you know is it being blown up for no reason to distract something else and then sometimes you'll find yeah there is actually something else in the news that most media outlets are not talking about that is way more important that people should be talking about that definitely does happen the other thing is in a situation like more serious than maybe white house uh i mean cocaine being found in the white house a lot of times i think it's just like a basically a spell put on the population like the titanic situation where that uh not the titanic but a submarine went down to visit the titanic it seems to me like there's a lot of depressing stories that go all over the news like gabby petito the girl that yeah. got murdered yeah like, the youtube uh travel oh was channel she? i th- yeah, i think that girl was um she did like van life with her boyfriend mm. it, that was the girl that got killed by her boyfriend right yeah and like utah or yeah Nevada or yeah something. i think they had a youtube channel and they were doing like van life and recording it mm. and then she wasn't like super super popular or anything but she did have a decent amount of followers yeah i guess that's a, a reason that maybe that specific person would blow up a little more i hadn't heard that i was just like why are they zooming in on this one murder of all the murders in uh america every day but i think um negative news grabs people's attention a little more unfortunately which is really sad i and sometimes when i'm looking for show prep i'll go out of my way to find like some good news or you know something happy to talk about because i think when people like when the the masses are constantly focusing on all of this really negative news and don't get me wrong sometimes we do need to talk about some of the negative stuff that's happening so people are aware you know, it's it's important to be aware of what's going on, but it kind of brrings the collective vibe down. And I know that sounds like really hippy dippy, but no, exactly I, I really think I it's I think it's true. And I think the mi- the mind is a really powerful tool and what we think we create. So when you have, you know, millions of people all thinking this really, you know, focusing on these really depressing, heavy topics, it does it just can't be good for, you know, society. And if there's something else going on at the time, like an election or something like that, they could be actually using people's emotions to cause the outcome of something else. You know, I, I really do believe that every time somebody says that, um, what are they distracting us from? I just think like, why is that the only option? Like, it's definitely a thing that happens. Like, um, there was a lot of big news 
that was pointless going on during the Ohio natural, I mean, uh, ecological, ex- or, well, yeah, it's ecological disaster that happened yeah, the, what in was it? February. The oil spill? Oh, yeah, here I am. Sorry, Ian. I was wondering were... why I couldn't hear myself. I didn't know you talked before that. Sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah, The Ian train derailing us. you're talking about? The train derailing, mm-hmm. yeah. It wasn't getting any uh, news. But I think it's rare that they have something they want to hide. Like, the people just aren't going to revolt because, oh, they voted in this thing. That's just not going to happen. But people might actually perk up and be interested. Like, oh, like a huge corporation poisoned millions of people. That's a big deal. Like, you know what? I talked to a lot of random people about that. Like people like my coworkers, non-libertarian type people. A lot of people didn't really, they either didn't hear about it or they just weren't interested by it. Like they just were like, oh yeah, whatever. That sucks. Not my neighborhood. But it, it kind of was though, because it went up in the air and Mm -hmm. then we had toxic fumes in the air that was going all the way to New York. And I'm sure, you know, around here too. So Hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how people, uh, if it doesn't affect them or they don't perceive it as affecting them, they just can't have any empathy well, I mean, a metal detector isn't going to detect cocaine. Oh, so. no. why would they care if you have cocaine in your pocket? They just don't want you to explode it, right? Yeah, I don't. That's why I say I don't think it's probably not that hard to get drugs into the White House. Would be my guess. But yeah, just again, put it in your pocket, I guess. Without you know? actually having seen. Well, a pocket could be a pat. You know, they could if they're going to pat I, you, you know, down. It, it might they could be a little it. bit more strict nowadays. But when I went, I don't think they searched us or anything like that. I would say there's a good chance that it was brought in by some staffer, Hunter right. Biden or Joe Biden himself. Does he visit? Like I, I really I don't, don't know. know where he lives. I mean, or it's anything. his dad, so I mean, presumably he's going to come there from time to time. But there's certain types of people, right? Like we've seen this at the federal courthouse, where if you are at the front of the federal courthouse and you're just an average person, then you're getting the full pat down yeah. to go in. However, if you're one of their known employees, if you work in the building, you just nod as you walk in and then you just walk right in and you actually bypass the metal detector completely. You don't even have to walk through the metal detector they just let you walk on the other side and you're in. So any one of those people could bring in all kinds of contraband into the building and there's absolutely zero checks on them. So I presume the White House is probably the same way for wherever it's like, you know, oh, Joe, he works here. Come right. on in. That you know, was, you that was my to... first guess, too, that it's somebody who goes there every day yeah. and could easily just sneak it in. Because as we saw at the federal courthouse in uh, Concord, New Hampshire, um, they were actually breaking the law that was yeah, uh, right. posted right there on the wall what that, said that said everybody needed to be. Oh, no, it said that federal um, officials need federal employees needed to show ID, show ID right? to come in. And they specifically were making everyone else show ID, but weren't not the federal all the people. feds were just walking right in like, hey, yeah. Joe, yeah. And, and, you know, walking in and they were making us show ID. And Joe pointed that out to them and they just like smile like they really yeah. don't care. What are you yeah. going to do? I mean, since it's posted, I would think that they really should, since that's like a posted rule. But right. they probably know. I mean, if they're going there almost every day, then it's just the it point does of it. feel like- red- redundant. But it also feels redundant to, or like it seems a little ridiculous to have all of us show ID too. Exactly, that was the main point. Well, it's not like we were really like you need to get their IDs too, as much as just the fact that like. Joe realized that the law right there, on, right posted there. on the wall, doesn't say that we needed to be checked and it says federal people only and i don't think in like a regular state courthouse like a district court i don't think they ask for id no they don't they definitely don't i mean in new hampshire and they shouldn't 
be uh, requiring it at the federal courthouse. In fact, at the beginning of the Crypto 6 trial, or my, my trial specifically, uh, Joa and I believe you, Bonnie, were able to get into the courthouse yeah, without showing hearing. ID. Joa, me, and Chris Wade, we all got in without showing ID but before... But then they decided to crack on down... On the first day of your actual trial. Yeah, and then mandate that everybody has to show ID. What if you're homeless? Right. Yeah. What if you don't have an ID? Like, there's no obligation... That I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so it's not legal advice. But to my knowledge, there's not an obligation for you to have an ID in the United States. People get them because, well, they want to drive a car or they want to apply for some kind of government benefit or whatever. They're like, There's a reason people have ID for the most part. But if you're a homeless individual and you just doesn't, it doesn't matter to you where you live or, or what you're doing. You don't have a car. Yeah. You don't have a car. Then why do you need to have an ID? And why would you be pro? Why should you, as someone who's here in America, be prohibited from seeing a trial that is ostensibly a public trial? And it's supposed to be open to anybody. The other thing is, even if you're an illegal immigrant and you don't have any form of ID that they would accept, you are still part of the public when you get to the United States. The Constitution applies to people who are standing on American ground. The discovery of the substance caused a brief shutdown in the White House after it was found by Secret Service officers, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But maybe they just wanted to shut down the White House real quick for to do some shady thing they wanted to do. Mm. Could be. Some baby sacrificing ritual or something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if they can do it that quickly. I don't I, know. I don't think they, they need to shut down the White House for this. I mean, that again seems like a completely That's unnecessary thing. It says... It was found in a common storage area on the ground floor of the West Wing, which houses the Oval Office and offices of some of the president's top aides Hmm. and support staff. A common storage area. Okay, so that doesn't sound to me like an area to which the public can access. Probably not. That sounds like a staff area. No, definitely not, because it's very, like, if, if my memory serves me correctly, there were, like, three or four rooms we walked through, Mm -hmm. and it looked like... A museum or something sure. like you know how you Boring. can go yeah, yeah well and you know how you can go to visit those old mansions and they're just have all this old like vintage well not even vintage but like yeah. before that just really old furniture and it's just Taped all off, clean yeah and roped it's, off yeah exactly it kind of looked like that there was just a bunch of furniture there and it, everything was roped off and you just walked through and it was really really boring yeah, it's storage area sounds like this is where we have the extra tables, we have some extra chairs, you know, that kind of if stuff. If you walk into an elementary school, you're for whatever reason, like you have a hall pass to get in for picking up your kid, you're not just going to be able to go open the storage rooms. No, there's like, probably no cameras in there. It's probably a place where staff members know they can go and snort cocaine hmm. uh, without being molested and they, you know, just they got high and they forgot actually... their stash. Probably you know? wouldn't actually get molested anyway. It's probably, uh, I just really don't believe this story as far as just being an organic thing that happened. And we're like investigating it and we got to get to the bottom of this. I, I don't really. Uh, yeah, I just don't see why they would ever report on this. Yeah, that, that's the most confusing part like, about this. Why yeah. is there a press release here from the Secret Service? It says it was found in a zip close bag. I guess they don't want to use the word Ziploc because it's okay. yeah, um, trademarked or trademarked, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was found in a zip clothes bag near an entrance where visitors taking tours are directed to leave their phones, the official said. But hmm. still, if you're with a tour, you're not going to be like, just going to slip into this closet real quick, do cocaine and jump back out. Like, I really no, doubt not, that's not happening. That's probably on someone's bucket list to do cocaine in the White House. A visitor would probably <laughs> go the to the bathroom to do cocaine. Right. Well, it says press house or White House press secretary 
Corinne Jean-Pierre said President Biden has been uh, briefed on the incident and noted the area where the cocaine was discovered is heavily traveled by visitors. Okay, Okay. maybe outside of it, but I'm really freaking doubt that you guys have unlocked storage areas where you just keep all your extra things. Yeah, was it in a storage area or wasn't it in a storage area? Hmm. Yeah. Well. They're not taking the tours through there, so like what's... It's not very clear. This woman, the spokesperson uh, you're talking about, I saw a clip where she apparently was asked by the press if they are able to identify who uh, the cocaine belongs to, will they prosecute that person? Mm-hmm. And her answer was, I'm not going to get into speculation or something that, to what? that expect. So she wouldn't even commit to bringing charges against somebody who's violating you know, the Federal drug law. statutes or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you have marijuana, House. if you have marijuana on federal property, you will be arrested and prosecuted. Right. Okay. Cocaine, the average person is going to be arrested and prosecuted. The fact that she will not commit to prosecuting whoever this belongs to is an indication that they absolutely have no intention to prosecute because they know it's one of their own, and they know that whoever it is, if they do figure it out, that part's never going to get announced. It's going to get brushed under the rug, depending on who it is, yeah. right? Unless it's politically helpful to them to, you know, if, if the person who is caught is ultimately politically useful to prosecute, then they might change their mind. But yeah, the fact that they're not committing to that, uh, it's, it's pretty clear it's one of them. Imagining that it is like Joe Biden himself, it's his cocaine. Right. Well, I feel like it wouldn't just be in a zip clothes bag. I I mean, his son smokes crack. I feel like he has his own like gold box for his cocaine in his Oval Office desk. Yeah, Biden probably doesn't have to sneak into the uh, the storage room to do his (laughs) cocaine. Just does it in front of everyone. This is from Fox News. The White House reports a White House report signals openness to. Manipulating sunlight to prevent climate change. What? I don't like that. I'm, that sounds like a like a something a supervillain would do. It really does. And who's more of a supervillain than the U.S. government? Mm-hmm. Says solar radiation modification offers the possibility of cooling the planet significantly on a time scale of a few years. The report claims. And do do you feel safe with the government? Controlling the climate of I mean, the planet in a few years. They're no. already doing it, though. And I know that's very much a conspiracy theory, you know, like chemtrails and all sorts of stuff like that. But it really does seem like some of the weather patterns are artificially manipulated. What's it called? ARP? A-A-R-P? Or is oh wait, H-A-R-P. HARP. I can't remember H-A- what it stands for. ARP, I believe, is what it was. And, and they supposedly shut that program down. And what is that? It was a uh, government program that was working on changing weather. I just don't see why that's necessary. It, it just <laughs> seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. Let it the does. earth do its thing. You know, we need the rain, we need the sunlight, we need these natural cycles. And somebody pointed out something so uh, smart to me the other day. Um, we were talking about. It's like an archaeological idea called uniformitarianism. And the thing is, the mainstream scientists, they will die on the hill. They will not consider any evidence to the contrary of uniformitarianism, which is everything happens really slowly over long periods of time. There is no there. We have no evidence of like a giant flood that's happened in our path or past or like, you know, this or that. That, that is a huge uh, mainstream media science 
archaeology thing. But at the same time, we have these mainstream, uh, you know, earth scientists that believe that we're suddenly going to have our climate change in like, you know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. But well, I guess- they've all been proven wrong. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe their like theory on that is because of the human interference with the natural cycles of the earth. Right. So you think about, it, you know, we had the ice age, like the earth naturally goes through these cycles. Mm-hmm. And I think the change has been slow. You know, and we only have so much recorded history where the weather has been pretty much the same as far as we know, based on, you know, things that have been recorded. So I just don't like I think it is happening slow for them to say like, oh, all of a sudden, like because they keep pushing the goalpost. It's like the people that believe in the second coming of Christ. Right. So, oh, it's supposed to happen in 2000. Didn't. Oh, it's supposed to happen in 2012. Didn't. So they just keep changing the year and keep pushing it back. That's kind of how the. um the, the climate scientists are, they're like, oh, you know, uh, Manhattan's going to be underwater by two, uh, 2030. Yep. I really don't believe that that's going to happen. 2030 is a big one I keep seeing pop up along among those types. But yeah, well, I mean, all the in predictions the- have failed. I mean, there were in the 1970s, they were saying yep. there was going to be an ice age that was coming and then it became global warming and then it became global climate change. Hmm. And uh, I think it was Al Gore was saying that, you know, Earth is going to be destroyed and we're going to all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, like before now, essentially. Uncharacteristically cold winters are now also signs of it because... Of climate change, you mean? Yeah, of climate change. Because when it was just global warming, people would be like, what do you mean? It just snowed in Texas. Yeah, so they have to, you know, change their language yep. to match what's really happening. And it seems, I mean, it's so obvious that this is part of the agenda to control people because they're, whenever they're cracking down on farming or any sort of, you know, industry where people can thrive independently, they're always like, oh, well, climate change. So that's why, you know, that's why we have to have all of these really strict laws and regulations Hmm. because climate change and, you know, it's for your own good. Just crazy because they like sprayed poison over at least the only place that I know for sure they did this is Massachusetts, probably lots of other states. Um, during COVID nineteen, just quote unquote, due to COVID, there were uh, we met a what's the word organic farmer, um, who moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, I think, in twenty twenty one. Ian and I were interviewing people about secession, and he kind of just opened up to us about he wasn't even like a free stater, but he just moved here for more freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that he he finally made the move after years of like not liking the the direction Massachusetts had been going as far as freedom because he was an organic farmer and in 2020 they just forced everybody who had farmlands to have their planes fly over and spray poison like you know uh pesticides and it, it was just quote unquote due to covid-19 that doesn't even make any sense We have Ricky from the Commonwealth calling Ricky you're on Free Talk Live Thank you there, Miss Bonnie, and you sounded so cute saying that. You made my heart go bumpity-bumpity. Brother Ian, <laughs> you still there? I'm right here. All right. Nikki's. And Sister, Nick, Sister Nikki, good evening. Good yes, evening. Sir. What's well, up? I heard you talking, well, I heard you talking about this drug use of politicians. I'm going to point out a politician who I promise you was using a certain drug. But before that, just for reference, so people can understand, I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about my own drug use for a moment. Okay. Now, I did point out in the past, but I'll make it very quick. Now, my first love in life since I was 15 is weed. You know, I love weed. And I will say, and throughout all of 2017, if you look at my calls throughout May to the end of the year, I estimate about 200 calls. 
I was high as a kite every time. And it was a <laughs> deliberate act, and I'd throw my Southern Cross on. Those were the days when you used to say, Ian, when you'd announce me that I'm possessed by the president of CSA, Jefferson Davis. It was wonderful. But let's move on to okay. another drug. Another drug. Now, this is the one I think shocked people. Half of 15, but all of 16, every other day, I was doing two lines of crystal. Now, crystal's a funny drug. You got to be careful. Is that crystal crystal meth? Mm -hmm. Okay. You got to be very careful, and there's a lot of variables, even stuff made in the lab. Now, the key is the no-quality product, and when you find a good supplier, you stick with it. Now, that's where I was. I'll just say I was getting it from an organization. We'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But it was clean and pure as a driven snow. The best stuff you're going to find, period. Is, did you just call now, to brag about um, doing drugs? Nope. I mean, what, what are you nope. Gonna... I just want to point out an okay. old problem. Now, let's talk about this politician. Yeah. Now. Now, well, we I don't know. It could be a staffer. I was a Hillary, was a Hillary Clinton supporter, mm-hmm. and she was going up against Donald Trump in the debates. Now, I forget which one it was. It was either the first one or the second one. Now, I could see back then, 2,400, but I could see. I'm watching this debate. Now, this guy was perfectly fine the day before, and he was perfectly fine the day after. Which guy? Donald now, Trump? During the debate, during the debate, the whole time he was going... You're talking about Trump. And also, he would step back from the podium, then lunge forward toward it. I'm watching this guy's mannerisms. Now, the interesting thing is, when I was campaigning, I would go out, and I would just go, and people, would, these guys would freak out. Now, immediately they said he had a cold. That cold got over quick. Now, one thing so I'll the big claim about- by Trump was that he was supposedly not a drug user. Yeah, the White House report signals openness to... Manipulating sunlight to prevent climate change. Blocking out the sun like freaking uh, Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. It's just so crazy because the sun is so good for you and right. it's villainized. Like, this oh. is insane. Yeah. It's... Is that what they're actually talking about doing? Yeah. When they say manipulating it, that means to block it out? Yeah, we haven't gotten into it. Why don't we okay. get into it? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. A research document published on the White House website reveals the Biden administration is open to studying how to block sunlight. To save the Earth from climate change. Oh my gosh! How does that no. even uh, like how how does that even follow the idea that you that by blocking the sun, the most life giving thing yeah. in our existence, how are they going to try to say that is going to help the so called climate? It's just it's so insane to me because all of the things that they're like oh for climate change it's like just like just like not i it's just it's so mind-blowing to me like killing all of the animals that people are eating basically destroying food sources blocking the sun i, I just don't understand how this they do understand that plants the need the sun right like that's yeah. they do they understand that even their crickets if they want to see crickets they need you know sunlight. it just seems like they're trying to kill everybody it really does like that's the end goal of this plan to save the climate we need to kill billions of people and then the climate will be fine here's the other thing isn't this coming from the same people that are offering subsidies to get solar panels installed in people's homes? Mm, that's a good point. How do they even how can they even say this and expect people to I mean, are people really excited about this? Are people I like, yeah, let's block out the sun? Really? I, I mean, there's been uh, geoengineering going on for a long time. Like Nikki said, the chemtrail things oh, like R- Rhode Island openly said that they are doing it to reflect some of the sunlight back to 
uh, help wrote or you it, know that makes absolutely no it sense. It doesn't matter if it makes no sense. I'm just telling you that it's what the government is claiming to do. Just because it doesn't make any sense, just because you don't believe in it, doesn't mean that psychopaths aren't out there utilizing it mm-hmm. for whatever aim they have. Yeah, I think we should just set up a giant mirror and then reflect the sunlight back into <laughs> outer space. Yeah, but it tastes then- of its own medicine. Yeah, yeah, like take that. So stupid. The other thing is, I don't know if this is scientifically sound, but my first thought with the idea that we could just block out sunlight is like, if we had some kind of a layer keeping sunlight out, wouldn't we just get like convection baked anyway? I I don't know if that really makes sense, but if we had a tight layer keeping sunlight out, seems like it would be hotter. I don't even know. What are they talking about doing? How are they going to block the sun? Says the congressionally mandated report released by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy on Friday shows that the team has been researching geoengineering methods to keep the sun rays from accelerating global warming. As the University of Oxford notes in its entry on the subject, geoengineering is the deliberate large-scale intervention in the Earth's natural systems to counteract climate change. Wow, it's all very vague. According to the report titled... Congressionally mandated report on solar radiation modification. The types of geoengineering methods the Biden administration is looking into are stratospheric aerosol injection and marine cloud brightening. What? Stratospheric aerosol injection sounds to me like chemtrails. Like chemtrails, yeah. Mm -hmm. Additionally, the paper mentions uh, there is research in cirrus, cirrus cloud thinning. I think we should go thinning? to the phones. Cirrus cloud thinning? Yeah, thinning them. I think cirrus are like the biggest, white, fluffiest, fattest ones. Wouldn't the clouds be blocking the sunlight? So why would they want to thin those clouds? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, none of this makes sense. Doesn't make any sense doesn't at make all any to sense. me. Well, and the whole idea of going up and spreading, I mean, the, the term that is commonly used is chemtrails, but in this case, we would be talking about like spreading some sort of metal flakes or something, right? The idea would be that they would reflect the sunlight or somehow block the sunlight i mean that's not the same thing as like a chemical being dropped but it is ultimately you know something that cannot be a good thing at all i mean imagine well you're breathing it in yeah you're gonna potentially people would be breathing it in they're going to land on crops and i don't imagine that having unwanted metals in your crops or your water supply is going to be good for uh the people that are consuming those things so like this is this sounds like it's an ecological disaster that they're talking about doing here. And I don't know if it'll even be successful at blocking the sun. Like I a- mean, because this is what it is. They're trying to kill everybody and they're, you know, masquerading as, oh, this is to save you. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, good evening. I called to talk about the geoengineering stuff a little bit more, just to give you some background on those kind of things here. Okay. Um, these, uh, these things have been going on for quite a while, actually. Uh, there's all kinds of talk from Oxford University about uh, how they use stuff like solar radiation management, cloud seeding, carbon dioxide removal. There's a whole list of stuff. Um, I've even seen when I was studying to be an insurance advisor, they straight up admitted it right in the textbooks how the insurance industry actually operates cloud seeding uh, to reduce hail in urban areas and stuff like that. So, I mean, wow. that's just an example from one industry saying that they do it. Um, so there's a lot of this stuff out there. I've seen weathermen talking about how the, the droplets of uh, metal particles actually interfere with their radar systems and blaming it on them. 
Um, so apparently, like this is really, really well known, but not among the public. Yeah, I, I could believe it. I mean, if the technology is there, I would expect psychopaths to use it for their own advantage. Yeah, completely, completely. And I totally agree with you that they're trying to send the population out here. I mean, back in 2019, at the very end of the year, the UN held this great big conference right before COVID kicked off, of course, as you were mentioning, Becky. And they were saying that, yeah, unless we have a sudden drastic drop in the world population, the Earth is doomed. That was the consensus that they reached at the end of this event. But instead of, you know, trying to warn us all about, hey, what are we going to do? We all heard about this killer virus. Do, do you have any... Do you have any opinion on uh, what their angle was for COVID? Like, do you think they were trying to kill us with COVID or with the jabs or with the things I was saying? No. You're completely on point. You're 100% correct. Uh, we even heard it from the DOD themselves. Uh, Trump's DOD guy for the, for the Pentagon, when he was on a mic, he accidentally slipped up in 2020 and said that uh, COVID was a, a live operation or a live exercise, he said. And you heard Trump in the background saying on the hot mic, I wish you would have told me. Um, it was an exercise basically to see who complies, who doesn't, what kind of problems they can anticipate. With The, the real plan to kill us all was the climate lockdowns. That's going to be Agenda 2030 and beyond. Um, but this was their way of just seeing who is who, uh, who among you know the Alex Jones and Free Talk Live fans are going to pull what kind of moves and how to neutralize them. And then they're going to go for the real one. So you think the climate lockdowns are coming next? Do you think that uh, some people have speculated that the uh, the wildfires will be the the first excuse for uh, for lockdowns? What do you think? Well, you see, all the police are saying, the emergency service personnel are saying that this is arson. Uh, the media is just not repeating it. They're going with their own narrative, just like when the doctors were saying, hey, this is a flu. They were losing their licenses, and the mm -hmm. media was going with their own story and saying whatever they want. Uh, so the mainstream media is saying that this is uh, all going to be because of climate change, but it's, it's really arson. All the satellite photos in Quebec show that these fires all started around the same minute. Yeah, I saw uh, that. That's very, wow. pretty, it's pretty just, impossible. Oh, and that's the thing, too. Like, that would be a wild coincidence. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to believe that for a second. is ridiculous. Sorry, what was that? It's ridiculous to suppose that there was a completely uniform flashpoint. Yeah. Ian and I watched this video yesterday where somebody was looking at the, it basically shows you like a heat map style or heat, uh, yeah, map style of the United States. And she was seeing where the air quality is the best and where it is the worst. It goes on a scale of like zero to 500 and 500 is really bad. And you should be at like around 50, like zero to 50, but no one's at zero. But um, yeah, it, right now is probably the right right time to get out of the city because what they're trying to do is make the rural areas unlivable mm -hmm. uh, by burning them up, uh, poisoning the water with these trained railmen, stuff like that. They want to drive people into their 15-minute cities and climate lock them down forever. So that's the goal. Tony from Tennessee. What's on your mind, Tony? Hey there. I just wanted to give you all some food for thought. A long time ago, what, where I'm talking three or four years ago now, uh all the prices started to go up. Well, it's awful funny that about that same time, people started crying for $15 an hour minimum wage. And me personally, I feel like that's about the time that all the prices started to go up. I understand the supply chain shortages and all that with COVID. I get that. But at the same time, right before that, they were start, started talking about the $15 an hour minimum wage. And I feel like the corporations thought, oh, no, if this goes through and they change it, we're going to have to pay everyone double 
So what we got to do now to head this off is raise our prices mm-hmm. and get us a big profit so that we can afford to pay those people double if it is federally mandated. No, I'm afraid that's not what is going on, Tony. So what has happened recent years has been a tremendous amount of money printing. So the central bank uh, is known as the Federal Reserve here in the United States. And they and other central banks all around the planet, the Bank of Japan and uh, whatever the British one is, and the European Central Bank, they have all been printing trillions and trillions of dollars worth of uh, money, and that money is going into the money uh, money supply, and it is chasing around the same amount of goods, or even a smaller one if there is indeed a supply shortage. And that means the prices are naturally going to go up because there's simply more money to go around. So that is why you see the prices going up. Businesses then have to increase the wages that they're paying. Not right away, but eventually they have to increase the the wages that they're paying because prices are going up of everything and the people that are working for them literally can't live unless they get an increase uh, in, in what they're paying. So no, it doesn't have to do with some sort of grandiose plot by the, the mega corporations. They are just simply responding to the economic incentives or the economic situation that's created by the central bank. Well, couldn't he be... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, couldn't Tony be correct in a way like that it's like a perfect storm of of things because it was just maybe right before 2020, like starting in like 2016, Bernie Sanders was running and people started demanding $15 minimum wages. That's been going on for a long time. But stuff started going up to that high in around 2016, like get working at certain uh, fast food restaurants. No, fast food didn't start paying 15 until uh, post-COVID. No, that's not true. Well, maybe in some cities like New York, you could make 15, but your typical typical fast food job was still probably around 10 an hour. You just, I I think you're just considering only keen because like in Austin, Texas, it would be hard to get a... In some of the South, uh, they were paying less than $10 an hour. I'm not saying it was food. federally mandated, Ian. I'm, I'm not saying... saying you were saying that. I'm telling you that uh, if you were to look at the numbers of what fast food workers were getting paid in the South, some of them were like 8 9 $10 an hour. I'm so. just saying that a bunch of places, a bunch of stores uh, started paying $15 minimum. There's a specific one I can't think of right now. There's a specific mm-hmm. kind of left liberal... Yeah, there were some. Co- there were right. certainly some corporations that did go up to fifteen as sort of a signaling uh, thing. Like, and that's going to have it. implications. Like, obviously, if everyone got started paying minimum uh, wage of fifteen dollars minimum, mm-hmm. it would have way bigger implications more immediately. But if a lot of people are getting paid that much money for entry level jobs, I think it would have. Huge implications right away, like uh, the money would just be le- worthless because everybody's got a bunch of money. There's something called increasing the reflectivity of marine clouds, that which I think you also mentioned earlier. Yeah, and here it's called uh, marine cloud brightening. And then there's one called space-based methods, and it doesn't really get into what all those might be, but the drawing that they have shows a sun with a bunch of rays coming down and then bouncing off of things, and it's just got like sort of like a uh, concave, like a satellite dish-looking thing that's sort of floating out in space. So I guess the idea would be they would have mirrors or something like that floating in space. I didn't necessarily mean they would travel all the way to the sun and take it out. (laughs) I just meant, are they going to, their next step or their uh, possible future plans are to go out in space and actually put up a dome? 
It just sounds like such a it's terrible crazy. idea for so Scary. many reasons. I mean, yeah. I, the obvious one is sun. The sun is what is creating and sustaining all life on Earth. Yeah. I love the sun. So, yeah, taking away the sun is going to make everyone sick. It's going to make people die. Yeah, it really We w- won't be able to grow food. The sun is so incredibly important. And there has been, like, this war on the sun for a really long time. I don't even know how long. But first, it's the skin cancer, which, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I really strongly believe that the chemicals in sunscreen is what is giving people skin cancer. cancer. Yeah, there's and, a you theory know, about that. It's obviously, if you're very fair skinned, it's not good to go out in the sun and burn to a crisp. So mm-hmm. covering up with um, protective well, all things clothes. in moderation, right? A yeah, little right. bit is not a bad thing. Or uh, covering up your body if you need to with clothing, I think, is a lot safer than using these chemical-based sunscreens. Yep. So I don't necessarily think that. I mean, I think going out in the sun, obviously vitamin D, it's very good for your immune system. It's very good for your mood. Just so many things that we need the sun for. It's just crazy to even think about trying to block it out because of climate change. Another conspiracy in that same vein uh, that I can't confirm, even though I've cut a lot of seed oils out of my life. I can't say I have 0% seed oils in my life because sometimes you just can't avoid them. But I have eaten fewer or less seed oil than I've ever eaten in my life in for a whole year now. And I still get sunburned. But there, there's this conspiracy theory that it's just people eating seed oils and it stays in your body for four years. So maybe that could be why I haven't stopped burning. The, the thing that's weird about it is I didn't burn the first two summers that I lived in New Hampshire. And I did go outside and try to tan. And then this summer I burned in April. Well, that was spring. So, yeah, I was really shocked that I burned in April at all. But I, I did kind of overdo it that day. Like I laid out for a whole hour because I thought the sun's going to be really weak. It's April. Um, but yeah, whatever. There's a conspiracy theory that the only reason people burn at all is because they eat seed oils and somehow it's like in your, I don't know, your skin. It's in your body. I suspect if you sat out in the sun for three hours with or without seed oils, you're going to burn. Yeah. But I also think, um, I I think you might be onto something and I think maybe hydration and a lot of other like nutrients that people are either, you know, lacking or deficient in. I think that maybe could have something to do with Your body not being able, being able to yeah, like not being able to process sunlight the same way. Sarah, what's on your mind? Our governor has decided that New Mexico is going to be like 43% of the carb by 2027 has to be um, clean, clean um, energy standard. It's it's either electric or hydro um, powered based cars. Um, At twenty twenty seven, we're just 20, what percentage? Forty three percent. Forty three. So how do they come up with that number, and how are they going to force people to part with their older cars that we're, they want to drive? Wait, wait, wait. Is this for cars on the road or cars that are being manufactured? It'd be easier to get a percentage of cars being manufactured. Right. Which one is it, Sarah? Um, it's for all the new cars purchased. Okay. Right. So they just pulled it out yeah, of their butt. So. And That's I know, right, yeah, so. it just seems mm-hmm. a very random, obscure number. I'm sure mm-hmm. somebody calculated it somehow. But a, a lot of the, I know, um, was it Chevy maybe? There's a few different car companies that are getting rid of like internal combustion engines. Completely? Yeah. Wow. And just going, either, well, I guess 
either hybrid or like a lot of they don't even make manuals anymore. Jeez. They're kind of phasing out a lot of like the sports cars. There was um, one company that was getting rid of like trucks and SUVs. They're just in it. And it seems like it's just because they're trying to appease the government. They're probably getting money. They're probably getting threatened. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like something the market truly wants based on the people I'm talking to. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. That doesn't sound right at all. Well, well, yeah, what you're talking about here is the government trying to force a marketplace to do something that it may not do on its own. And, of course, they've been subsidizing a lot of these uh, alternative power systems for some time. Uh, and, the, you know, the question is, if these subsidies ever dry up, will people still have the same interest in buying the battery-powered cars and, and such? And I mean, if, if it was, like, nothing. No government interference and uh, anyone, you know, the market was free and anyone could choose whatever car they wanted at all. I'm sure that people would still choose these cars, especially people who didn't have that much money and they just have a commuter car and they want to have a car that doesn't cost them a lot in gas getting back and forth. But it costs a but, lot to buy the car. Yeah, they're they're typically pretty expensive, the, a lot of the electric cars. No, what about hybrids? the hybrids? That's yeah, so like a Prius, you can get like a used Prius and it'll be really good on gas. Um so that's one thing, but even so much of the things that they're phasing out in car manufacturing and and they're doing a lot to, you know, add all of this technology, like the turn off switches and all of this weird security technology that's really kind of spyware and just mm-hmm. a way to take personal power out of, you know, owning a car so you can't work on it yourself. They're making it really mm. compute, uh, you know. I've heard that really, about the Teslas. You cannot yeah. do that yourself. You can't you even buy it. the parts. And they won't you, even sell parts. You can't even take it to like your normal car shop. You yeah. have to go to the dealer. Yeah, it's written well, in the contract when you buy the whoa. car or whatever, whatever agreement. Shop, if your car shop has an agreement with Tesla, then yeah, but mm-hmm. you have, so they have, they'd have to go have to be through an some process. Yeah. Within the environmental movement, there are people who understand that this is not going to if indeed let's let's accept the idea that global climate change or whatever is a problem right i don't accept that personally because i think you know the earth's going to change the climate's going to change over time it's just you got to deal with it uh but let's accept that it's a problem okay well now we're in the environmental movement now you have to figure out well what do you do as a result of accepting this as a problem what is the solution to the problem well over in this camp that we were just talking about there's these people talking about we need to put mirrors in space we need to seed the clouds we need to you know all the things that we were just discussing and then these other people are saying no that doesn't actually solve the problem you're talking about doing things that might affect the symptoms but might not and actually may make things much worse so there are actually a, a there's a sizable amount of people within the environmental movement who also agree that this is insane and that this should not be done at well, all. If, if so. the next crisis is um, a climate one that they're going to have us locked in our houses for, I'm sure that those scientists who disagree with the consensus are going to get you know put to death and lose their whatever <laughs> kind of licenses they have or credentials they have. Well, don't you have more predictions? Oh, I've got more predictions. You're talking about from 1970? Yep. Where this was the uh, the very first year of Earth Day, and it's now been more than 50 years since these predictions happened, and uh, we went through a couple of them. I'm not going to go through all of them, but here's a couple more or a few more for you here. Uh, one of these guys, Paul Ehrlich, in an essay entitled Echo Catastrophe, 
he said this, quote, Most of the people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in the history of man have already been born. By 1975, so five years or six years after the essay was written, some experts feel that food shortages will have escalated the present level of world hunger and starvation into famines of unbelievable proportions. Other experts, more optimistic, think the food population collision will not occur until the decade of the 1980s. So they were still doing um, overpopulation hoax back then? Mm-hmm. Ehrlich sketched out his most alarmist scenario for the 1970 Earth Day issue of The Progressive, assuring readers that between 1980 and 1989, some 4 billion people on the planet. Now think about, what is there, 7 or 8 billion today? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Back then there wasn't 7 or 8 billion. I don't know what the total would have been in 1980, but let's just say it was 6. He's talking about two-thirds of the world's population being wiped out in the next uh, 20 years from when he wrote the essay. And uh, he said they would perish in what he called the great die-off. Didn't happen. In fact, there's more people than ever. And how many people did that scare into, you know, not living their life to the fullest and mm -hmm. developing anxiety disorders? But was that like mainstream news? I, don't I mean, know. I, don't, in, I don't know how mainstream it was. It was well, in the Earth Progressive magazine and it was a celebration thing. of Earth yeah. Day. I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering how many people actually read that. But a lot and, of this stuff gets you know, publicized today. You've got people yeah. like this Greta Thunberg or yeah. Al Gore trotting out similar predictions. Like, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'm sure we could look it up. But I think uh, Gore or Thunberg or whatever said that within the next decade or 12 years, we're all going to be dead or, you know, we'll have we'll have no life uh, in the future or something like that. And it's like it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Dennis Hayes, the chief organizer for Earth Day, said in the 1970 spring issue of the Living Wilderness, quote, it's already too late to avoid mass starvation. Peter Gunter, a North Texas State University professor, wrote in 1970, quote, demographics, demographers agree almost unanimously on the following grim timetable. By 1975, widespread famines will begin in India. These will spread, which, by the way, is uh, now hitting over a billion population. And India is expected to overtake China as the most populated country on Earth this summer. It's expected to overtake them. So they seem to be doing okay. I mean, there's still a lot of poverty there, but... They're not dying off. They're not dying off, yeah. Uh, these, uh, these famines will spread by 1990 to include all of India, Pakistan, China, and the Near East Africa. By the year 2000, or conceivably sooner, South and Central America will exist under famine conditions. By the year 2000, 30 years from now, the entire world, with the exception of Western Europe, North America, and Australia, will be in famine. <laughs> so, yeah, none of no, this happened. No. Yeah, it's pretty uh, ridiculous. And, and that's because... Well, one of the things I think I want to point out about these people, people like this, who still exist today and they have different predictions of doom uh, today, these are people who exist in what I think is best described as a lack mentality. Mm -hmm. These are people who believe that there is a finite amount of whatever, Mm -hmm. whether it be oil or energy or money or whatever the thing is that is going to run out. It's going to run out. Nikki has a story for us about meditation. Yeah, so there could be a link between meditation and gut health, but it's Hmm. complicated. So researchers recently flew the fecal samples of 37 Buddhists from monasteries um, high in the Tibetan mountains to a lab in Shanghai. The purpose for okay. this high altitude, yeah, it starts off, we, we jump right into it. <laughs> so... 
Um, the purpose for this high altitude journey. Oh, oh, okay. They say it like it's a question. So the purpose of this high altitude journey is to see how the composition of the monks' samples, markers of their gut health, differed from that of their neighbors. Mm-hmm. The main presuming life- that the monks are spending a lot of time meditating. Yeah. Okay. So the main lifestyle difference the researchers were interested in was the fact that these monks meditated for over two hours a day. They wondered if the meditation might have an impact on the microbiome, which is the types of amounts of bacteria found in the gut. Okay, so just to be clear, they're studying the uh, the fecal matter of the monks in comparison to yep. people in the near area who are not monks, so therefore yeah. they would be eating a similar diet yeah. is the idea? Yeah, because okay. I would think that would have a huge role in yeah. it as well, you know, as well as lifestyle. But, um, mm. but yeah, I think food might be the biggest factor. Um, So the resulting study published in the British Medical Journal found that the monks had higher quantities of certain bacterias that are associated with lower levels of depression, anxiety, and cardiovascular disease. Hmm. The exciting findings caught the attention of the outlets like The Guardian, Healthline, and others. So does the study show that meditation is good for the gut and subsequently good for your overall health? Unfortunately, not it is not so clear cut. And because when you think about it, I would also think that these monks would have other really healthy lifestyle habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not drinking alcohol. They're probably yep. not eating, you know, um, processed foods. Mm-hmm. They might even be gardening themselves I and have a they, very, you know, like peaceful, low stress lifestyle. I believe they stay spend a lot of time in the sun. To take mm-hmm. back to our last yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sun. And did it say they were at a high altitude as well? Yes. Okay. So that also could, could be a factor. So mm-hmm. Who knows? There's a lot of factors. Um, I'm not sure how much I would really take home from that study. Emrin Mayer, MD, a gastroenterologist from UCLA Medical School. He's also a professor. Seed Health board member and the author of the book, The Mind-Gut Connection. Oh, the I way to study this <laughs> should have been... To look at just the monks and yeah. then because they presumably are all eating from the same meals, right? Yeah. Like they're they're doing, you know, large cooks for the full. What do you call it where uh, monks live? The monastery. Monastery. Thank you. Yeah. Monastery. Uh, and then divvy them up by half. And so study half of them and send them to like a 10 day meditation uh, retreat and just have the other ones do their normal monkly things. Yeah, monkly. And then, you know. <laughs> Then take a look at the half that were meditating for 10 days and look at the other half that were just gardening and doing the other things yeah. they were doing and see if there's any difference there. But yeah. to compare them to the average population, yeah, like you said, it's going to bring in alcohol and things like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not quite so isolated. So Dr. Mayer says that the technical methods the researchers used to analyze the samples were outdated. The study size as a whole was small and the control group, just 19 people, was not robust enough to draw conclusions of uh, of difference from hmm. he's skeptical the samples could maintain their integrity even in a refrigerated box for a drip down for a trip down a mountain on a plane most studies he says require very controlled sample collection that happens in a lab this guy just seems like he's hmm. totally like being it? very negative yeah. and is like well you know i'm from ucla hmm. so meditation isn't real um he yeah, also they would believe that yeah So he also points out that diet and the sedentary lifestyle of monks was not taken into account. I would think that they wouldn't have a sedentary lifestyle. No, that's why I brought up the sun, because I 
don't even know where I am thinking of this, but I think they sit outside specifically and meditate. Mm-hmm. So they like, sit yeah. outside with like maybe with their eyes closed, maybe with their eyes like focusing on one thing far away and just meditate outside specifically. They probably yeah. sit inside and outside depending on the weather would be my guess. But I mean, I'm sure it snows a lot in Tibet because that's where, yeah. uh, and in the mountains because that's, isn't that where, um, no, it's Nepal where the Mount Everest is. Although there would, are these h- hardcore people that can just sit out in the middle of, you know, like uh, Wim Hof who can just sit in an ice bath. Yeah. I'm sure a Tibet- <laughs> Tibetan monk would be the type of person could that could. do that, yeah. Well, that's yeah, true. there was the whole, I, I heard a story about Tibet- Tibetan monks Taking a soaking hot towel and then you could see the steam literally rising off of the towel because they could increase their body temperatures to dry the towels. So yep. they can do all sorts of crazy stuff. They're the same ones that work on coals or at least like I'm pretty sure that's where it originated. Like hmm. yeah. tell their body it's fine. And it is like burn. a very, you know, Wim Hof-esque thing yep. because it's very similar to what he does where using different mindfulness techniques and breathing techniques he's able to control his body temperature and, you know, reduce mm-hmm. stress and disease and all of these other things. Well, really, I don't even need a UCLA um, scientist, man, to tell me that it would probably be good for bacteria that lives in your body, for your body to be a, pl- for your mind to be a pleasant place. Because if you're really stressed out and worried and stuff, it's bad for the cells that are in your body and that makes sense that your body would be inhospitable to good bacteria living in your gut, in my opinion. I, I really believe that you can turn diseases and things around with your mindset and not get them started. Given that there are actual studies that show that placebo can cure depression, I think that's yeah. proof enough that uh, it is all in your head. Okay. Well, yeah, and antidepressants have never um, done better than placebos. That's true as yeah. well, yeah. And, um, you know, you say that to somebody that has mental illness, and sometimes they'll, you know, they'll get angry. Oh, yes, they will, because, because they believe it whole their whole life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's almost like they feel like that statement is attacking them. Right. But really, that should be, you know, once they're ready to hear it, that is the most inspirational it's thing. Yeah. It's so empowering to say, no, I'm not a victim. I have control of my life. But and look, I, this you know, man I, in a lab coat told me when <laughs> I was a kid that this was always the way it was going to be. And yeah, I'm, the guy getting a kickback from yeah. the pharmaceutical industry. Right, yeah, I, getting yeah. cruises or whatever, right? I feel like it, uh, they get mad because it means that every everything that has harmed them in their life because of this condition is mm-hmm. their fault. But the thing is, that's the initial thing you got to deal with. Huh, maybe... Uh, the way I've been acting is a little bit my fault. Maybe that's going to be painful, yeah. but yeah. getting through that is going to make you open up your life to be so much better than living as a zombie on Zoloft or mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had my own like bouts of depression when I was in like middle school, high school, and um, if if so, if I heard somebody saying this, you know, it would probably no, maybe it's not a make chemical me... imbalance. Well, and it was right. it's kind of. In, in a weird, messed up way, I almost liked being depressed. Like, it was mm-hmm. cool and edgy. You could and... talk about it with people. Yeah, like, it was Other just... Other people were also depressed. It was almost, like, comforting in a way. It's just, like, it's it's weird to even think about, it and I can't... It gets you attention. Well, and that's the thing, right. too, but it was it's, it's hard for me to even put it into words now because my mindset has changed so much. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's almost hard for me to think about that. Where, that's how a did it change for you? Method. I mean, I no, started message. Sorry. For me, I started meditating and doing yoga. And that's when I kind of like started opening my mind mm. and exploring different things and was like, no. You know, I think it was more just um, like 
getting inspired. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing that young people really need to hear if they truly feel depressed. And even if they're not on antidepressants or or they are, they need to hear people saying, listen, I've dealt with the same thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now I can't even fathom feeling that way anymore because my life is so much better now and it's so far behind me the the term it gets better is a a thing that people really do need to hear Mm. yeah well i just wanted to point out that adam in our odyssey chat says sending my letter tonight dude good luck for ian's uh that's very kind oh nice since ian is a letter to the judge uh you can go to letters.freetalklive.com you do have uh probably about this month, maybe, uh, to get it done, presuming my sentencing isn't pushed back, which it might be. But uh, just presume you get the, the rest of the month to, to get those in if you've been putting it off. Now's a good time for it. Thank you. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.